This is the Joyful Weight Loss Podcast, and I'm your host, Sarah Wells, MD. Listen in each week, and I'll share from science and scriptures that encourage you in how to cultivate healthy habits so you can lose extra weight and gain more health while cultivating joy. Be sure you are following the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Now, let's dive into this week's topic. Hello and welcome back. I hope that y'all have had a great week. So in this episode, I'm going to talk a little bit more about insulin resistance. I've touched on it in previous episodes in the past, um, but want to do an episode about insulin resistance itself. You know, what what kind of symptoms might um, hint that you have insulin resistance? How would you know from um, blood work your doctor might order that you might have it? What kind of things does insulin resistance do and what causes it? So we'll get into all of these and and more and perhaps talk about ways to avoid insulin resistance in this episode. This information is for educational and informational purposes only and solely as a self-help tool for your own use. I am not providing medical, psychological, or nutrition therapy advice. You should not use this information to diagnose or treat any health problems or illnesses without consulting your own medical practitioner. Always seek the advice of your own medical practitioner and or mental health provider about your specific health situation. For my full disclaimer, please go to www.joyfulweightloss.com forward slash disclaimer. So first of all, what is insulin resistance? What does that mean? Well, it is basically what happens when the places in your body, in your cells, where the hormone insulin is meant to work do not respond to insulin the way that they are supposed to. So what insulin is supposed to do is help get glucose taken from your blood into various tissues and cells in the body, in your muscles, in your fat, and in your liver. And there's transporters on the membranes of these cells. And when insulin goes up, it's supposed to help glucose enter those cells. Well, what can happen is that those cells can stop responding to insulin as well as they once did or were designed to. And that happens when glucose levels have been perpetually high. That can be one of the things that happens um, over time that kind of leads to insulin resistance. And then the result of that higher, um, you know, insulin resistance is that then because glucose cannot get into those cells as easily, the glucose levels are higher. And so it's kind of like a cycle where the insulin resistance causes more glucose elevations. Um, And this is not a good thing. You know, you don't want high glucose levels. This is what can become prediabetes and then what can eventually progress to become diabetes. And it's that high glucose level in the body that can cause um, these microvascular problems and people with diabetes where they have problems with um, the blood vessels in their eyes, they lose problem, they have problems with balance and proprioception because of the nerves um, are damaged by the perpetually high glucose levels. Um, the blood vessels, the small blood vessels and capillaries, you can lose sensation in the, um, in the toes and, and extremities because the um, high glucose levels damage that the, the um, neuronal fibers and 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 
there's a lot of problems downstream from that. So, and then on top of that, there are cardiometabolic problems that result from insulin resistance and diabetes. And um, it seems that some of these are caused by high glucose and some of these are caused perhaps by the high insulin itself. Now, if you know someone with diabetes or you have diabetes, you may know that people with diabetes take insulin, extra insulin, exogenous insulin, it's called, to help shove that glucose into the cells that it's not responding to. So the standard treatment for somebody that's diabetic with diabetes type 2, who has cells that will not respond appropriately to the glucose in the blood, um, to let that glucose into the cells, the, the, the standard um, care is to give them shots of insulin to help push that glucose in where it isn't going. So then if you had someone that already had um, insulin resistance and their insulin levels were already higher than normal, but still not functioning to get the glucose levels in the blood down, and then you add in more insulin, you've got a lot of insulin in people that have type 2 diabetes. Um, And so it seems that some of the problems that result from diabetes are resulting from these perpetually high insulin levels that began with insulin resistance. So all that being said, insulin resistance is the condition where your cells that are supposed to respond to insulin and lead and glucose are just not responding to the extent that they are supposed to. And insulin levels in the blood can start to rise when someone has insulin resistance. Um, And then once that insulin resistance has begun, eventually glucose levels in the blood will rise. So what are the health results of having insulin resistance? Well, um, progression to type 2 diabetes is a major result of insulin resistance. Um, if, If it continues unabated and continues to worsen, then you can develop type 2 diabetes and all the health consequences that come from that. And most cases of diabetes, um, type 2 diabetes, um, are resulting from this process. Um, Also, insulin resistance can lead to cardiovascular disease, to high blood pressure. Um, Those high insulin levels are not good um, to have just hanging around um, for your vascular system, which I'll talk about more in a minute. Um, Polycystic ovarian syndrome. um, This is a common uh, cause of infertility in women. Um, Insulin resistance is the driving hormonal dysfunction underneath polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, There are metabolic syndrome, which you'd see um, when um, you are looking at your cholesterol levels and your various you know, HDL and LDL, um, triglyceride levels, you can see a, um, a metabolic syndrome that results in abnormalities in these levels that is a result of insulin resistance. And then you can also see as a consequence of insulin resistance, obesity related cancers. They seem to be driven by this insulin resistance um, problem that has occurred and potentially these higher insulin levels that are hanging around as a consequence of resistance. So how do those consequences happen? How is it that higher insulin levels would cause you to be at increased risk of cardiovascular disease? And how is it that it would seem to predispose you to different cancers that are obesity related? Well, one thing is you have to look at the the other functions of what insulin does. Um, You know, it stores energy. So, you know, it's storing glucose. It's it's trying to promote your cells to store energy. So um, 
it keeps your glucose levels normal when it's working right um, as a function of storing the energy because the way it moves the, the higher glucose levels into those storage places in your cells and um, producing you know where they are stored as fat in stored in fat form um, that's that's what it does as a function so that's why if another another issue here is if you have insulin resistance and your insulin levels are higher than normal then you're storing more fat you're driven to store more fat and it's very hard to liberate fat out of those fat stores when insulin levels are high so that's why a very common presentation and, and kind of result of insulin resistance is obesity itself. Um, you've got a high level of this storage hormone because the cells in your body are resistant to this storage hormone, insulin, that's what I'm talking about. So um, you've got bigger fat cells and more of them because insulin has driven that to happen and it's hanging around in higher levels in someone that's insulin resistance. So that's one of the problems when you have perpetually high insulin levels is that you have a fat storage hormone hanging around. Um, another issue that is related to the what insulin does in the body is that insulin is a... Um, a growth hormone. It is, it's not growth hormone itself, but it is a hormone that drives cell proliferation. So um, they stimulate the path and insulin stimulates the pathways in your cells that cause them to reproduce and increase in number. And this is good in its natural function because it's part of the design that we have hormones that help our cells to divide and grow in number. But if there is an excess of insulin hanging around, then there's potential for the excess of cell proliferation. And that's why you see this higher risk for cardiovascular disease and a higher risk for cancers. So these high insulin levels that are increasing cell proliferation, cell multiplication, um, can happen to cause impacts in your larger blood vessels like your coronary arteries. And if those coronary arteries are driven to proliferate the walls of those arteries, then those arteries become more narrow. And the smooth muscle cells, if they're driven to multiply beyond what they need to be, then that narrow passage in your coronary vasculature can become a problem. And that's how um, you get an increased risk for cardiac disease at the coronary artery level. Um, too much cell division is happening because you've got too much insulin hanging around because the cells are resistance are resistant to insulin throughout the body. So um, another example of where this can be seen is um, gestational diabetes. Um, gestational diabetes is a condition during pregnancy where women have higher insulin levels than than normal, and those babies get really big. They grow to be a lot bigger before they're born than babies that are not um, coming from a pregnancy with gestational diabetes. So um, that's because insulin is causing increased cell proliferation, increased cell multiplication. So the babies grow bigger. The coronary artery walls get thicker. Um, and then on top of that, if you have some a small number of cancer cells sitting in a certain spot in your body, and you've got a lot of insulin hanging around that stimulates cell multiplication, you can see now why that might not be a good thing. It might not be good if you've got a little bit of breast cancer that's just a, a small amount in one area 
that maybe it's not really growing. Maybe there's some abnormal cells because remember cancer is the growth, abnormal growth of abnormal cells. So if you have some abnormal cells hanging out in your breast tissue in a small little locus, and then you've got high insulin levels all the time, the drive to cell multiplication and proliferation that happens as a result of those high insulin levels can cause you to be more likely to progress to actually developing a cancer from that little clump of cells. So this is why metabolic syndrome and high insulin levels that are a part of metabolic syndrome and insulin resistance all are connected to an increased risk for certain cancers, including breast cancer. And colon cancer is also very insulin sensitive. Um, both breast and colon cancer appear in higher rates in people with type 2 diabetes and obesity. So you're getting, unfortunately, the cancer-causing effects of insulin when you have high levels of insulin available in the body. Now, let's say you're someone who has type 2 diabetes and you are trying to control your glucose levels, which you should be controlling. And your physician, of course, needs to walk through this with you. But the goal is, you know, that high glucose in someone with type 2 diabetes can be extremely damaging, and you've got to figure out a way to control it. And typically what happens is a diabetic will start with oral therapies, medications that can do other things to help try to promote insulin sensitivity. There are medications that can um, that can work to try to make your cells more sensitive to insulin again. And the physicians will do whatever they can to try to prevent putting you on insulin in the beginning. They'll try to increase your insulin sensitivity. They'll try to do other things to try to lower your glucose without adding insulin. Uh, because they know that once insulin is added, it's very hard for you to reduce your weight. It's very hard in other ways. And also these issues that we know about now. So you know, if, if you're someone that's dealing with type 2 diabetes, um, talk about this with your physician. Talk about what kind of dietary changes you could potentially work toward. Ask and look at a company called Virta, V-I-R-T-A. Um, it is a company that's working with diabetics to help them lose weight, um, carefully managing their um, insulin and their diabetic meds as they lower their weight, and also really focusing on combating the insulin resistance driving the disease. So talk about that with your physician and consider that if you're someone who is dealing with um, insulin-dependent type 2 diabetes, um, but definitely don't try to tinker with it without the oversight of a physician specialized in this. Um, but the goal is for people who are dealing with insulin resistance to find ways to get more insulin-sensitive to the point where you can have normal insulin levels and your metabolism your metabolism is functioning well within um, this with this normal amount of hormones um, driving glucose in and into cells. So um, and to do this, we really the main thing to do is to look at what we're eating. We want to eat foods that result in not driving our insulin levels excessively high all the time. Basically, we want to choose foods that are lower in glycemic index. They cause a lower spike. They, they're kind of spread out in how the glucose and carbohydrate is absorbed into our body. And so there's not spikes causing a high spike in insulin, uh, in glucose, which causes a spike in insulin. And we're also looking at the timing of how often we eat. You know, if we're constantly nibbling and sipping on sweet things, 
then our glucose is going to stay constantly chronically high, which is going to drive insulin levels up all the time. So you want to really look at, and I've talked about this in many other episodes, um, really cutting out snacks, um, lowering your overall carb load if you're insulin resistant, and trying to eat a lower level of carbs. And the carbs you do eat, upgrade them to your um, natural foods that do not spike the insulin, um, do not spike the glucose, causing surges of insulin all the time. So stepping away from processed foods, um, not eating all the time, these are going to be beneficial as you look to try to move away from insulin resistant states. Um, Now, how would you know? What are some symptoms of insulin resistance? How would you know? What are some markers? Well, there are some things that people see when they have insulin resistance that are clinical manifestations. Um, One of them, I mean, obviously, if you already have problems with high glucose levels in your blood, if you when you go to the doctor and they do your checkup and you've done a fasting glucose, if it's elevated um, and out of the normal range, that's that's concerning for insulin resistance. If you there are some skin changes that can be seen um, with with insulin resistance. Now, they might be seen with other things, too, but there are certain features um, that people notice. skin tags, some hair loss, some there's some darkening of the skin around the neck. These things can be related to insulin resistance, among other things. Um, people could find excess hair growth in a, in a male pattern could be related to insulin resistance. Um, uh, people that struggle with infertility, um, I've mentioned PCOS, but infertility can be perhaps one of the um, symptoms that you see as a clinical manifestation. Um, increase in just Obesity around the midsection, especially, um, and obesity in general. If you're seeing trouble with with weight gain, you're probably uh, potentially also having an insulin resistant state um, metabolically that's occurring um, at the same time. Um, if you have abnormalities in your blood lipids, this could be a symptom of a, a manifestation of insulin resistance. Um, and sometimes people will see some autoimmune issues in other ways when they're dealing with insulin resistance. So bring all this to your physician to talk about um, one thing that can be done from blood work. More and more physicians are looking at insulin levels. You know, um, historically, we've measured glucose levels to find out if somebody's having problems with um pre-diabetes or diabetes, we just look at their glucose or we look at their hemoglobin A1C, which is a measure of their average glucose over the past three months. Well, you know, it turns out, you know, glucose becomes abnormal after insulin levels become abnormal when you're dealing with insulin resistance. So insulin levels can be abnormally high for years before you see the glucose becoming high. So more and more physicians are starting to test for fasting insulin levels And that's something you can ask your physician about as well if you think this is a concern for you. So we've talked about what insulin resistance is, kind of what's behind it in terms of some of the ways that it, what drives it in terms of eating patterns we may have. Um, We've talked about the impact it has um, in a lot of ways on our health. And we've talked about, you know, things to bring up with your physician if you're concerned you may have it. We've also touched on um, people with type 2 diabetes who are concerned about it, um, what to talk about with your physician. So 
All that being said, I hope that all this has been helpful. I know there was a little bit of science in this episode. Um, I hope that it was the right amount and that it was understandable. And I hope that it can be helpful to you as you think about, um, you know, the decisions you make day to day in terms of how you eat and what you eat, um, that it can help drive responsible decision making. Um, I know for me, it really helps me to understand why it's better for me to choose um one food over another and why it's better to not snack. And, you know, it really helps me um, eat better overall when I know why I need to. So I hope that that has been helpful to you as well. And come again next week for more. Thank you for joining me today. If you've enjoyed this, I'm going to ask you to do a couple of things. First, please leave a review for me. This is how people find the podcast. Secondly, y'all sharing is caring. You can actually easily share this episode or podcast entirely with a friend. Just text it to them. Lastly, if you're looking for more encouragement and direction from me, go sign up for my free newsletter. It's called The Extra Helping. You can go to www.joyfulweightloss.com. That's joyful spelled with two L's. And then when you're there, click on the extra helping to sign up. That's all for now, y'all. Don't forget to be sure you're subscribed and tune in again next week for more.